Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. I think it all comes down to what is it that you want to achieve. Like not everybody needs the same size audience. Like some of my clients only need a small audience. Like, well, how many sales do you need to make? So it's building the audience for the size that you need. Uh, but if you want to sell online courses or webinars or things like that, one to many, the, the average on, online conversion rate is just one to two percent. So it gives you an idea of, of what kind of numbers that you need. Hello, my name's Ian Addison Gray. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I've got Janet Murray back on to talk about how to move your business online, particularly at the moment when I'm recording this. This is in the middle of the worldwide lockdown. And so more businesses are having to move all of the aspects of their business online. So I look forward to sharing this with you right now. Oh, but first. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. Hey, love, uh, I don't know if you agree with me, but uh, there's not been much hip-hop or rap music on this Confident Live Marketing podcast. What do you think? Oh, no, it hasn't. And in fact, Janet Murray's on this show today, and her favourite is hip-hop and rap. So I think we need to have some. What do you think? Oh, yes, definitely. I said this is how we do it. Yeah, yeah. Get on down. Yeah. Here you go. I'm really in a hurry I want to grow my audience I think I'm in a flurry I want to move all my Business plans online I'm really never gonna Give up or resign Janet Murray I'm never gonna worry I want to build my business Never end up in a slurry I'm moving on my business activities online I'm ready to stand up Straight and shine How to move your business Online with confidence Online with confidence. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, Together, we can go live! Hello, Ian Anderson Gray here. This is episode 52 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. I'm really excited to be here. I've got Janet Murray, my special guest on today. This is actually the second time she's been on the show, my first repeat guest. And I needed to get Janet on because she has been helping so many businesses all around the UK and around the world in helping moving their business online and particularly in growing their audience. So I can't wait for that. But first, it's definitely time to bring in my first sponsor, Reese. Stream is one of these amazing tools that allows you to multicast to lots of different places. It allows you to broadcast to many places all at the same time. You could call it basically the complete multi-streaming suite for entrepreneurs. With Restream, you can stream to multiple platforms all at the same time. And they have a plethora of destinations, including LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch, Periscope, and so much more. In fact, I think there are over 30 destinations that you can stream to if you really want to. So in terms of like reaching your audience all on the different destinations, this will really help you do that. So you can use a different tool, such as it could be Ecom Live, OBS Studio or whatever. You can basically use that tool to stream to Restream and then Restream will take care of that and broadcast that to all your destinations. Or you can broadcast directly from Restream because they've now got, they've just launched this. It's called the Restream Studio. It's a simple yet powerful live streaming solution, which allows you to go live to all these different destinations directly from your browser. So it allows you to personalize your live stream with overlays and really get the branding nice. It allows you to add a call to action and, and other important messages. You can engage with your audience in real time and more. And the great thing is it allows you to see all the comments from all these different platforms. So starting from today, you can unlock all of the Restream premium features by upgrading to the re professional plan 
with a 30% discount, which is awesome. As well as that, Restream has a chat analytics feature and a scheduler or scheduler if you speak with my accent. <laughs> with the chat feature, it also allows you to view and engage with your audience from all those destinations. So if you want to have a little play, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash restream. That's iag.me forward slash restream. So I'm excited to have Janet Murray back on the show. Janet helps entrepreneurs, coaches, and creatives build and monetize their online audience. She's a podcaster, author, and speaker who has spoken all over the world about content strategy, marketing, and building online audiences. Janet is also the creator of The Media Diary, a content planning tool for coaches, consultants, experts, and entrepreneurs. Janet, it's great to have you on. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Apart from the tech being a little bit dubious today, it's uh, it's all going well. Well, that's tech for you, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> Even if you plan and it sometimes goes a bit dodgy. So, yeah, it's great to have you back on the show. And how, how are things with you uh, with, with the lockdown? Are you keeping your keeping your sanity? Well, I'm struggling a little bit, I have to say, because um, I always considered myself to be quite an introverted person, um, which I think I am. I spend a lot of time on my own. I've worked on my own for like best part of 20 years at home, always been freelance. But actually, I really miss people. <laughs> and um, I didn't think I would miss people as much as I do. But yeah, I just miss pe- seeing people yeah. in person. Zoom is is great, but I'm on Zoom all day anyway, like yeah. every week. And so I'm just missing real people, really. But, you know, it's got to be done, hasn't it? So you can't really complain about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think for for those of us who are using Zoom on a regular basis, we we maybe take it for granted how amazing the technology is. It is great to keep in touch with friends and family and actually doing business. But we also need to have that balance because if we're on Zoom all day, we need to have some unplugging time, unplug unplug ourselves from the technology. But I think we need a bit of light relief. I didn't tell you about this, Janet, so I'm putting you um, on the spot here, but we're going to do a little quiz. Don't worry, there's no right or wrong answer. It's basically just to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, This is basically some very simple questions about what you like and what you don't like. So here is the first question, which is, what is your favorite type of food? Uh, Chocolate, I think. Chocolate, any particular type of chocolate? Um, cheap chocolate I like so don't ever buy me like uh, don't buy me like really fancy I don't know what do you call it you know those like fancy chocolate shops Connoisseur. like Cadbury's Hotel Chocolat yeah I mean Hotel Chocolat is alright but you know like fancy what do you call them those really kind of like really rich um, expensive chocolate boxes okay. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know but anyway buy me Cadbury's you know I like Twixes, Twirls you know just basic basic stuff like that Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, that's very good. Right, well, next question is, I think I know the answer to this, Mac or PC? Mac. Another Mac user. We have had a few PC users, but it's mainly Mac, so that's that's fine. Okay, so next question is, your favourite kind of music? If you had to choose one genre, what would it be? Uh, rap music would be, rap and hip-hop would be my favourite. Wow, I didn't expect that from you. That's interesting. How long have you been into yeah. that for? Always, really? since I was a kid. Um, I mean, I do like a, quite a variety of music. Yeah. I like, uh, I'm more to the sort of like dance, hip hop, um, yeah, that sort of music. I mean, I do like sort of indie music. I like classical music. I like folk music. I like yeah. anything really. The only thing I don't really like is kind of like proper heavy metal type uh, thing. Okay. I'm not yeah. really into that. I mean, I just love music generally. Yeah. But now I have a real thing for rap and hip hop particularly 90s, 90s uh, rap and hip hop. <laughs> well, that's I, what you'll hear me. If you see, see me driving around in my car, that'll be me. Yeah. That's, that's it. Small. I didn't know that. That's, that's cool. Excellent. Right. Well, next question is, if you had to choose between a Krispy Kreme donut and a banana, what would it be? Krispy Kreme donut every time. I mean, who would, cho- who would, cho- <laughs> who would choose a banana? Like <laughs> loads of people, loads of people chose banana. You're actually one of the one of the few that's chosen. So I'm glad we've got a bit of normality here. <laughs> they brought that back. <laughs> oh, if you're listening to the podcast, you're missing uh, Janet's facial expression there. It's just utter disbelief at that. But yeah, okay. I'm interested in the next question. Favorite kids TV program. Probably Blue Peter. I think it's a little bit, 
it's a little bit expected, I guess. But yeah, I did like a little bit, bit of Blue Peter. We've never had Blue Peter yet on, on the show. Um, so that's good. I mean, obviously, Blue Peter is a very British thing. BBC is still on, isn't it? I think. I think it's still going. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I like I like Roland Rat as well. Do you remember Rat oh, on the Roland, Road? You're about yeah. the same age as me, aren't you? Yeah. Rat on the Road. I did like that. It's ITV, but I did like that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's good. I, I like that. Yeah, I know that you, you're make, making me all nostalgic. Right. Well, you mentioned that one of your genres of music that you liked was classical. So I'd be interested to know what is your favourite classical composer? Uh, I would say Bach, probably. Oh, good choice. Bach's my favourite too. Yeah. I, 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 if I could just choose Bach, I would just choose Bach. Obviously, I do like other music as well, but cool. Right, final question is, what is your favourite app? Hmm. You can only choose um, one. I don't know. Um, what app do I use? I don't know. I use so many. I'm going to have to look at my phone now and see what I use the most. Put you on the spot, haven't I? Totally. Um, I tell you what, I, I like, I've got a photo editing app that I use to make myself look younger which is colour story. I shouldn't really share that, should I? But No, you should. That's good. It's always good to have those tips. Colour story. I don't know. Have I got that? Yeah. I'll check them out. It's always good to Ten know. Ten years younger. Okay, well, that's good. It's, it's good. Like You've probably checked out the Zoom has a, a touch up my appearance thing. Which yeah, is, which, I uh, use it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we all do. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Well, I think we need to get on with the main subject, but I thought, I thought it was good to have a bit of light relief in this. You look at the news at the moment, and, and obviously, if you're listening to the podcast or watching this in the future, we are in the midst of the, the worldwide pandemic with the COVID-19, and things are a little bit mad. The world is in lockdown, and obviously, things will change. You know, in the future, things will hopefully be a lot better. Um, but at the moment, I think we can, we can learn a lot from this. So my first question to you, Janet, is it is a a difficult time for many of us right now. And it's a difficult time for, for some businesses. But what would you say to people at the moment who are struggling with the idea of actually promoting their business? You know, they're, they're thinking at the moment, it's a bit of a difficult time. How, you know, should I be promoting my business at the moment? First of all, I would say if you are able to do business and you're able to do so safely, you absolutely should be doing business. Um, I think that we will have a responsibility as business owners to support each other, to continue buying and selling from each other if we can do safely. Um, and you absolutely should be doing that. And I think it's not just about being good for your business, but it's good for the wider economy. Um, and also, I think we have to think about what's going to happen when we come out of this. I mean, I, I'm not sure we're ever going to go back to completely normal. But I think when we go back to a version of normal, those people who've just downed tools and done nothing, well, it's just going to be like starting again, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. I think we, we have a responsibility. It's not even about what we choose. I think we, sh we should be doing it. If we can do business safely, then we absolutely should be doing it. And we should be looking at ways to innovate and look at look at ways that we can take things online, which we previously delivered in person. Yeah, totally agree with you. I, I have seen a few business owners posting online and saying that they feel uncomfortable with promoting themselves or promoting their, their businesses and, and doing any Facebook ads. And, and maybe for some, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, Janet, but I, I probably, it took me three or four days once we, we realized we had to self-isolate and we had to stay at home and the kids were at home and there were so many things going through my brain. I, I just couldn't, I find it very difficult to focus on my business. And maybe we need to give some people time just to get their heads around it. But honestly, you're right. If we can run our businesses, if we can continue running our businesses, we should do that. But what would you say to people who are criticizing? If, for example, you're putting out an ad to promote your business. I don't know whether you've had any criticisms aimed at you promoting your business, but what would you say to those criticisms of people saying you shouldn't be doing this right now? Well, something I've noticed personally that those criticisms generally come from people who are on a, a full salary or a near full salary at home. Uh, those of us who run businesses, it's our, it's our livelihood. And I, I run a limited company, uh, so does my husband, which means that neither of us, we're, we're actually entitled to very little government support if we stop trading uh, so we don't really have any choice we have to continue uh, trading so that's that's one thing but the other thing that I would suggest to people and this is exactly what I did and I think I did it even without thinking because I'm from a media background um, but I put out what I call a positioning statement so as soon as I could see what was going on and I could see that potential for criticism I emailed my list and I said I'm going to continue selling to you and these are the reasons why I'm going to continue selling to you I actually kind of said if you don't like it <laughs> you can leave my list and that's fine you're welcome back at any time if you don't like it if it's making you feel uncomfortable and you don't like it that is no problem at all mm. 
you can leave my list and you can come back when you're ready. That's fine. But I am going to continue to sell to you. These are the reasons why. And, and so my reasons are obviously I really believe that we should continue to do business if we can, if we can do it safely, we should do. It's good for, for the health of our own business, but also good for the health of the wider economy and also will help us to recover uh, more quickly. Mm. Um, but also I've got loads of stuff that can really help people at the moment. Yeah. So I've been I've been running my business online for five years. I, I do what most people want to do at the moment. So I run a business from home where probably 80, 90% of what I do happens from you know this spot that I'm in now. I sell online courses, I sell online classes, I have a membership site, I sell digital downloads, I have a physical product, and I do all of this online. So if I was to sort of not share that with people and not help people, all of those years of experience, I'd actually be doing them a disservice if I wasn't able. And my sales figures show that people want this. So I've, I've done a couple of additional masterclasses. One of them was about how to take your offline services and put them online. Um, I've done another one about running your own masterclasses and webinars. I had another one that I was already doing anyway that was about um, creating a digital download and sending a digital download, a playbook. And this is what people want. And if I'd look at the figures, people are buying them. People don't buy stuff that they don't feel that they need. No. So people don't you know they're not but not being pressured into doing this you're offering the opportunity and they're, they're buying it so i feel like i would be doing people a disservice i've got all this experience i've got all this knowledge um now if i was buying paracetamol and selling it for 10 pounds a packet or something that would be exploiting the situation you know if i was buying up toilet rolls and then you know selling them at twice the price and you know from my back garden or something that would be exploiting the situation but actually continuing to run your business because you can do it safely is the right thing for the economy. And also, if you have got services, if you have got knowledge and skills that you can use to help people, you absolutely should be doing that. I couldn't put it in a better way. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. I think, as I said before, with crises like this that are affecting the whole world, we probably need to maybe spend a couple of days just getting our heads right and managing everything. But if you can run your business and you are out there to help people, which most of us are, you know, if you're not exploiting the system, then absolutely we should be doing that. Not all businesses have obviously embraced the online world. And I think one of the things we talked about is actually a lot of people are suddenly realizing that maybe they haven't put as much into growing their online audience, or maybe they don't even have any kind of online presence. Well, what would you, what advice would you give to businesses who have a very limited online presence right now until recently, and they don't really have an audience online? You know, it, it's, you, it, they're bound to be overwhelmed right now with the idea of, you know, you're, you're going to probably talk, tell them to grow an audience, get a mailing list, blog, video, podcast, you know, uh, it seems a lot. What advice would you give to those businesses right now? Yeah. So first of all, I would say that it is a lot to think about and don't try and do it all at once. So try and think about the way I, I encourage people to build audiences is to choose like one primary piece of content. So ideally, that might be a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or a Facebook Live. Facebook Live is often the easiest one for people to get onto, actually, because if you've got a Facebook page, they can just go live and they can start sharing content. Um, and obviously, in an ideal world, we'd all be doing what you're doing here, Ian, and we'd be repurposing everything. But, you know, just do what you can with what you have. So I would suggest one one key piece of content which kind of can kind of exist on your website or can be sort of, which has got more shelf life to it than a social media post if you like so something that could be you know reshared and reused time and time again and then focus on one social media platform so pick one social media platform where you know your ideal audience are hanging out and really focus on growing an audience there because what you can learn from building you know it's the same strategies they're slightly different different platforms but it's same strategies cross-platform so if you can really crack it on facebook or you can really really crack it on instagram then once you've done that you can take what you've learned and you can pretty much just replicate it with a few tweaks on another platform but i would suggest that pick one sort of more permanent piece of content so for most business owners if you haven't really been if you haven't been very active facebook live or instagram live is usually the quickest thing or igtv something that's really quick and easy something that you can do on a phone something that doesn't require any fancy kit or anything like that i've seen some of my clients in the last few weeks have just done amazing things in terms of taking their businesses online you know, Pilates teachers, yoga teachers. I've got a lady who um, has been teaching people to bake hot cross buns. She used to do those in uh, used to do those in person, and they're just working with what they've got. So they're using things like Facebook Live. They're just using the camera on their PC, or they're using the camera on their 
phone or on their whatever they've got a tablet whatever they've got um they're not worrying about fancy lighting or kit or whatever because that's people are interested in the content you know they're not interested in it being completely perfect Uh, they're interested and so i would really focus on showing up for your customers and clients the worst thing you can do at the moment is just disappear and not post anything and not not keep in touch with them so that would be the key thing so pick one sort of one piece of content which has got a longer shelf life uh, and one social media platform and focus on growing those that would be my starting point uh, I, I suspect you probably want to ask me a bit more about how how you would actually go go from there yeah, well, absolutely. I think you're right in keeping it simple, just focusing on one platform first. And live video sounds like a really scary thing, doesn't it, Janet? I mean, it almost seems like that should be the last thing that you should embrace. Maybe you would recommend that someone dabbles in a blog. But I think the thing about live video is it's immediate, isn't it? And it's and it makes you accessible to your audience. And depending on where your audience is, I mean, obviously, that's the other thing you've probably got to think about, you know, where, where are your customers hanging out? So that's maybe something to think about. Are they actually all on Instagram? So maybe focus on Instagram first. And of course, Instagram Live is a thing and the mm-hmm. stories, but maybe they're on Facebook. And there are some tools out there. I, I totally agree with you that you keep things simple. You don't need to have a t- really professional kit or very complicated kit to begin with. Just use your phone. But actually, you could use tools like we've talked about Restream on the show. You can now actually just load up Restream and actually broadcast to Facebook and YouTube at the same time through your computer. Or you could use StreamYard. And that isn't as complicated as it sounds. And the great thing about that is it's not just the live part of it. It also lasts for a long time. It's the evergreen part, which is something to think about. So, okay. So we talked about just slowly doing that. I mean, that's all very well, getting people to go on like sort of Facebook and, and post on Facebook, but is that actually going to grow your audience? I mean, I'm sure you've said this a lot that we should be focusing on growing our email list. So how do we go about doing that? And for particularly for businesses who have never done this before? Okay. Well, in an ideal world, what you want to do is get people to your website. Because as we all know, social media, we don't own that. It could be taken away from us any any minute. So Facebook could go down. Last year, Facebook and Instagram went down for, I think it was a couple of afternoons consecutively in two consecutive weeks. Everybody was panicking. A lot of businesses were panicking. I wasn't panicking because I got an email list. So in an ideal world, what we want to do is we attract people to our website and then we collect their email address so that we can keep in touch with them. So we create some kind of free resource. So it could be a free download. If you're a food business, it could be recipes. Um, It could be a a free video series. So just something of value that your audience want to get their hands on so much that they're prepared to give your email address. With a product-based business, it can just be a discount code or something like that. Um, or, you know, two for one or something like that, some kind of offer. Um, So that's the ultimate aim. The thing about it, though, is that in order to build your email list, if you don't have a social media following, if you haven't actually focused on building up a bit of a following on your Facebook page or on Instagram, it can be quite hard to get people on your list, especially if you can't go out and about and you can't actually go and meet people and talk to people. How do you get people on your list? So that's the the way that I teach people to do it is to build an audience on social media first, obviously being really aware of the fact that you don't own it and it can be taken away from you at any time. So, for example, I use my Facebook Messenger bot to collect people's email addresses, but that's quite an advanced strategy. And again, what we don't want to do if somebody hasn't been online is to is to overwhelm them with all different strategies. So the first thing you really need to work out, honestly, is content. Like, what kind of content is going to engage my audience and what's going to get them to talk back to me and have a conversation with me. So I did a a live broadcast the other night to um, probably one of the hardest hit industries. um, And it was the hospitality industry. So people who own bed and breakfast, Airbnbs, uh, holiday lets, and they have just been, you know, their business has just been obliterated. And we talked about the kind of content that they could create just to kind of keep their audience warm and engage. And so, for example, if you've got a holiday let, just showing up and saying, you know, here's what the garden looks like this time of year. We've been doing a little bit of planting. Like, do you think we should have daffodils or do you think we should have probably not the right time of year? But, you know, do you think we should plant roses here? Um, maybe just doing, I've had a client who has a holiday let. And one of her best performing pieces of content was when you stay in a holiday cottage, uh, do you like to have an iron in your holiday cottage? She got tons of engagement. So just showing up on your page or on Instagram and just creating content where you're engaging people and that takes some practice like I my background is journalism so I've been creating content that's designed to engage people for years and years so don't expect you're just going to turn up and suddenly you're going to be creating all this amazing content 
it takes a little bit of practice. It takes a bit of studying other people to look at some of your competitors who have got a good engagement on their Facebook pages or Instagram, wherever you decide you're going to grow. And you know that that usually is the first bit is just thinking, well, what kind of content? What does my audience need from me right now? What do they need to hear from me? What kind of content could I put out there um, that would engage them? So you know, it, it could be a video of you just talking honestly about what's happened in your business and um, talking about you know, if, for example, your business has been interrupted by what's going on and you can't deliver what you, you previously were able to deliver, just having a video of you talking about that or just posting about that and asking other people how they've been affected. But the first piece is always working out, trying to work out how to engage your audience on social media. And then once you've got, you've worked out how to do that, which does take some experimentation and some practice and some falling on your face and getting things wrong, then you can start to think about this email list and you can start to think about, well, what could I create or what could I offer to get people onto my email list? And we call that creating an email lead magnet. But that is quite an advanced strategy. I think for the moment, if you're just looking to build your audience and keep in touch with them and try and make some sales in the next 90 days, I would just be on social media trying to figure out, you know, I sell a lot of stuff in my direct messages on Instagram just by posting engaging content and asking questions and getting conversations going. I make quite a lot of sales. So I would be looking at what's what's the easiest win for you. The easiest win for you probably is to get onto social media, work out what kind of content is going to be engaging. And then once you've got into the flow of that, that's going to be the point when you start to build an email list. I found it not easy, but over 15,000 people on my email list. So, and that's been work that's been done over quite a few years. So what I would say is be kind to yourself about this and don't expect this is all going to happen for you overnight. But mm. if you keep putting this off, I, I think that the signs are we're probably going to be in and out of lockdown. It could be for the rest of the year. So you could choose to say, oh, well, I'll wait and see what happens. If you were to work on this consistently every day and just do a bit every day, if we're still in this situation on October, November time, you're going to be in a lot stronger position than somebody who just said, oh, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. So does that kind of make sense? It totally does. And as I said before, I think in a way we can use this this situation maybe as a bit of a kick at the backside for some of us who have been procrastinating for too long. And now is the time to actually implement some of these strategies to actually move over some of our business or even all of our business to online and to actually create some online programs, which I think is going to be really important. You were on the show before, of course, Janet, and you talked all about content strategy and talking, we're talking about your media diary, which has been so helpful to me. And I know for many people, and I think actually having a plan is going to be really, really important and being consistent. So if you want to listen to that, if you want to watch that episode, all you need to do is go to back to uh, go to iag.me forward slash 30. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, be, be kind to yourself is really good advice. You can't do all of these things. We're going to talk about a lot of um, the things that Jan has been talking about in future episodes. I'm really excited. I've got Amanda Robinson coming on to talk about Facebook bots or just messenger bots in general. So if you're interested in that, that should be in a, in next week. Um, I'm not sure exact date yet, but uh, that's going to be exciting. So my audience for this podcast and live show tends to be more established entrepreneurs. So they've got a list, they've got an online audience, but they've probably not been that consistent. And so they have been posting, but they've not had so much of a plan necessarily. They've tried certain things. What would you say for the more established entrepreneur? If you've got an audience, if you've got, say, three or 4,000 on your list or a bit more, but maybe you've not been consistent with that, what would you say to people in those positions, businesses in those positions right now? I think you've just hit the nail on the head about consistency. Mm. So I've just, I'm about to publish my 400th podcast episode this week. Uh, I'm nothing else if, if not consistent. Um, but funny enough, I did a, a live show with Robin Kennedy, email marketing expert, yesterday on my page on this um, about what to do, for example, if you have an email list or even social media followers that you haven't been keeping in touch with consistently. And I think the first thing is not to try and brush over it and not to send them an email. It's a bit like, you know, if you've got a friend that you haven't texted ages and you're feeling really bad and the longer it goes on, like the worse it gets and it gets harder to do. I always think it's better to put the elephant in the room and just say, look, actually, do you know what? I know I haven't been as consistent as I could have been, but I've got some useful stuff. Reconnect with your audience and uh, give them some values. That would be the very first thing that I would do is put the elephant in the room say I haven't actually been haven't been a great friend but we were talking about yesterday I haven't been a great friend I haven't been uh sharing sharing as much information with you as I could do I've been a little bit inconsistent but this whole thing has made me realize that I need to be so I've put together this here's a really useful podcast or here's a useful piece of content that you might find 
um, and sort of reconnect and try and get that conversation going again. But don't try and just brush over it. And if you haven't emailed your list for weeks and weeks and then just suddenly, you know, because they will get they will bristle, especially if you try and sell to them they will bristle. Uh, so I always think it's best to be to be honest. Yeah. And also, you know, like you said, to kick up the bum for I know lots of established business owners who have a bit of an audience, but it's not of the size that they need to make the sales that they need because they're because their audience building has been inconsistent. Funny enough, my 400th podcast episode, which comes out on Friday, is about this very topic. It's about how do you build an audience in particular for a blog a vlog or for um a youtube cool. or something like that and i went through kind of some key things obviously consistency was top of the list collaboration like one of the quickest ways to build your audience is to collaborate with other people so like what we're doing now we're going to do this tomorrow aren't we? we're going to do um a facebook live where we broadcast from my page and your page and we're going to share our resources and share our audiences so now could be a time to really kind of reach out to people and find out ways that you can collaborate you know for example that facebook live that i did the other day was in a group of four thousand hospitality business owners you know it's quite a big audience so collaboration can be quite a, a good way to, yeah. to kind of move things on i mean there's loads of other things that i could share but it's the quality of the content as well so people will often say to me well, if I just show up or I just I just schedule some stuff, everything will be fine. Well, no, it won't actually. It needs you. It needs you behind it, driving it. And you need to be more visible. People need to see you and they need to connect with you. So I would be sort of saying, you know, come out from behind wherever you've been hiding. It's time for you to come out and be much more visible. I've certainly, particularly over the last few weeks, um, I was saying before, but I'm, I'm quite tired really because I've been a lot more visible than I usually am. I mean, I'm normally quite visible anyway because audience building is my thing. But for me, it feels like the time I need to be even more visible because it's funny because some of my clients have been saying to me about how there's certain business owners that they work with who they've been disappointed by because they haven't reached out to them. They haven't asked them if they're okay. They haven't tried to offer any extra help. And I think people will remember. So I think it's better to kind of put the elephant in the room and say, okay, I haven't been a great friend. I haven't been in touch, but you know, I'm going to do this for you and make your promises and stick to those promises and try to be more consistent. I think that that's the heart of content creation, high quality, consistent, often making a public, you know, when you say publicly, like I do, I have a podcast comes out every Friday. There are times when I don't want to do it. Um, I have to admit, even over the last few weeks, actually, where there's been so much going on and, you know, I've been being down, stuck at home. I have not wanted to, to publish my podcast over the last few weeks. I haven't wanted to record it. I'm fine once I get into it, but I've procrastinated about it. But when you've made that public commitment and you've said it comes out on Friday, you have to do it. And I think it's you know, being publicly accountable to your audience, telling them what you're going to do, when you're going to do it and sticking to it. Oh, that's so much, so much really helpful information there, Jenna. And I love what you said about collaboration. Actually, particularly at the moment, collaboration is a great way for, for us to be more connected. But, you know, don't suffer in silence. There'll be other businesses out there that you can collaborate with. And if you're struggling with mm. doing a live video, why not just go on, go on with somebody else like we're doing today? You know, it's a lot easier in, in many ways just to go live with somebody else because then it's just a conversation. And thanks also, Janet, for being honest about your struggles, because I know that it's a big struggle for a lot of people, particularly at the moment. I've actually really enjoyed doing the live shows and the podcast. I haven't had an issue with that through this time. In fact, I've actually done a lot more because I've really wanted to give back to my community and, and talk about issues that I know people are struggling with. But I tell you, the areas that I've really struggled with are, are just basic social media. So I've actually found it really hard to go on Instagram and and Twitter and all these other networks because it's just you know for me at the moment there's just so much going on you know with the kids in the house but I know that actually I need to be there for my audience and in in a way you could argue that if we're shying away from our audience we're actually being selfish we're not helping them we're not being a good friend which is kind of what you said I really mm. like I really <laughs> like that but that that makes me also reminds me of your earlier point you can't do everything you've had many many years of building up your consistency. You didn't do everything right from the start, but you you probably focused mainly on the podcast. I mean, you're on, on 400 and whatever episodes now. I don't know what you think about this. I'll be interested in your view, but I think you need to build consistency one layer at a time. So for me, the thing that I absolutely will not stop doing is the podcast. It's every single week, no matter what, the podcast comes out on Friday. And that's really important. And also with a live show as well. I'm trying to build in the consistency in all the other channels. And certainly your your uh, media guide, uh, your what's it called, the media diary, has been really helpful in that because it, it's down to planning. You know, you've got to plan these things. I think actually being real, share with your audience that 
it's been tough, but you, you're aiming to get back and if, ask them how you can help them. Yeah, totally. And I think being honest about your struggles as well. Anytime I've shared anything about I'm struggling, I'm struggling being stuck at home. Like, you know, there's no, I don't, don't, don't try and hide that. I find that quite hard and I'm finding it all quite hard. But whenever I've shared that, I found that that it helps you connect. It makes you more human and more yeah. real. And I think people appreciate that. It's the power of empathy. I mean, I don't think you, you shouldn't fake it, obviously. I think it's about being real. But if you're a normal human being and you're not a psychopath, then, then go do that. Be be real. Oh, Melissa's here. Melissa Nowell's in, in the room. Hi, she says, hi. Great to see you, Melissa. Hope you're doing well uh, and you're keeping safe. Well, it's time to bring in my next sponsor. And I'm hoping that the, the tech is going to work this time. Let's see. Yes, it is. Although it's, my head's been cut off. Um, let's just move me up. <laughs> There's always something. I can, I can see you. You can, can see, see me. You. There we go. That's good. So Content 10X. So glad and I'm so honoured to have Amy and Content 10X sponsoring this podcast and show. And they've been doing that really since the beginning. They're experts in content repurposing and they provide a full end-to-end content repurposing service. So they'll take your one piece of content and repurpose it to explode across the interwebs. And one of the best ways of doing this, of course, is with live video. You plan your live video, of course. But it's so easy, it's so much easier in a way to, to go live than do a pre-recorded video because it doesn't have to be perfect. It just forces you to do that. So once you press that end broadcast button, Content 10X will then take that and repurpose it into lots of different types of content, whether that's blog posts, podcast episodes, videos, social media images, infographics, you name it. And this will allow you to reach new audiences. And it also saves you time so that you can focus on building your business. So if you want to find out how to do it yourself, you can. All you need to do is go to their blog. It's content10x.com. They've also got a podcast and a book as well. Amy's written a book, which is really awesome. And they've now got a toolkit, which I'm going to actually bring on Amy fairly shortly. I'm hopefully going to bring her on this week and to to talk about this. But if you go to content10x.com forward slash toolkit, This is basically lots of training on how you can become a content repurposing pro. Yeah, just go to content10x.com. And I thank you, Amy and the team for sponsoring the show. Been absolutely great. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Awesome. Right. So when it comes to live video, what do you feel at the moment businesses should be doing with live video, particularly at the moment where we're all stuck at home and we're all in this lockdown. Um, I mean, is there anything different that we should be doing now? And do you think we should be learning for, for anything different for the future when it comes to live video? I'm seeing a lot more people go live mm. and it's been amazing with my clients, actually. I've yeah. had clients who've procrastinated for years about going live and this has forced them just to do it. And it's absolutely brilliant. They've just, they've just gone live and I've got one lady who actually hadn't procrastinated that much, but it's made her do it more. So a lady called Julie's a florist and she goes live every morning. And every time I wake up in the morning, I see her her live in my feed and it makes me so happy that she's doing that every morning and she's supporting her audience. I don't think there's anything in particular different. I mean, I'm noticing that live video, and I think this has always been the case, but your audience will grow faster uh, when when you're joining when you're going live on your page. So I would say more live video, um, not only because it generally helps you to grow your audience faster and it's so shareable as well. So if you jump on a video and you're sharing some value, because it's my 400th podcast episode this month, I don't know if I mentioned it like six times. You, already, you might but, have done. Um, I'm, do- <laughs> I'm doing a live every day with one of my previous podcast guests, which is one. And the thing is to remember to get people to share. So, you know, if you're finding this useful, share, 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 share. And actually, like one of my clients, Rhiannon, who has the Epsom Bakehouse, she she teaches people to bake and to bake bread. Yeah. Um, she's 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 added about fifteen hundred followers on her Facebook wow. page just by going live. She's been doing these bake alongs on a Saturday morning, and she has got you know a little bit of experience. She's quite a good content creator, but that's an incredible growth just by going live and saying to people, reminding them to share, and creating just really good quality content. And she's not using all high tech kit or anything. She's just going live. And the thing that I think has been challenging for some of my clients and this is just down to practice so I've got like clients who are like yoga instructors and pilates and baking and things like that you know just where do I position myself where do I frame myself whatever I had somebody saying the other day I've got bad internet connection at home so I can only use my phone 
but for that stuff for me it's all it's all figure outable it's just about practice isn't it it's just about doing practice and you always say about this like when we went live the other day I was just like go live anyway um I'm not one that worries too much about practicing but you know you can do private broadcasts can't you where you practice with a friend or someone in your family I mean let's face it we've got nothing else to do where you just practice the framing and you just practice you know getting a nice background just you're making sure that people can see you if you're demonstrating something or whatever but that's the only thing really is just it's just to do it just to go live and if you're delivering something that you haven't done before where maybe you think oh will people be able to see what I'm doing or if I need to demonstrate it's just about practice isn't it I mean I, I can't see that there's anything different that you would do otherwise no I, I don't think so but I think it, it is that going back to that kick being the kick at the bum or kick up the ass if we're from America and, and it's just to really just do it and yes I do believe in practicing I think I mean obviously the difference with with you the other day when you were we, we just kind of went live and and it didn't go all according to plan on LinkedIn is because you've done you've done loads of lives before so it, I think for people who haven't done live videos before it is good to practice because one thing I think is important and this is not I'm not this is not an, I don't want to give anyone an excuse not to go live so this is I'm not trying to scare people but it's a, it's a really good idea to practice because the first few videos that you do are likely not to be that great you know the the in terms of like your delivery, you're probably going to be a little bit scared. You'll probably stumble over your words, which is absolutely fine. You'll plan it, I hope, but the planning might not all go according to plan. And of course, the tech is probably not going to work. It's going to be sometimes that, you know, the things will go badly or they might not. You just don't know. And you've got to just try that. But the other thing I think that people need to think about doing is creating really valuable content. Yes, absolutely. But creating content that stands out. And that's what you're doing this week, you're, you know, you're doing going live every week, you're bringing people on. One thing that I'm doing for my first year anniversary of the show is, and I actually haven't announced this yet, so this is the first time I've talked about it, is I'm going to do a long show. I haven't quite figured out whether it's going to be three or four hours. I don't know how, how I'll cope with going live for that length of time, but I'm going to try and invite all my previous guests onto the show and just have a, a just a kind of more of a talk show. So, and, and that's a bit different. I know other people do that, but just just do something a bit different that stands out and um, be yourself, you know, be real. Doesn't ha- You don't have to have the, the mega tech out there, which is definitely important. Mm. So, yeah, mm, um, just to end with, can you share any tips on going back to the audience side of things? Have you got any final tips on how we can grow our audience quickly or more quickly? I know this is probably a question you get asked a lot. How do I, I've got no audience. I've got no one on my list. I will, how mm. do I get to 10,000? in the next week, which is probably not going to happen. But let, let's let's be realistic about it. How can we grow our audience the right way at the moment if we've not got anyone, but also if we've maybe got a reasonable list, but we want to grow it? I think you're right about being realistic in your expectations. Yeah. A lot of people do expect that you're going to grow by 10,000 in the next few weeks, and that's just not going to happen. Um, but any any progress is good progress. Um, I think it all comes down to what is it that you want to achieve? Like not everybody needs the same size audience. Like some of my clients, only need a small audience it's like well how many sales do you need to make so it's building the audience for the size that you need uh, but if you want to sell online courses or webinars or things like that one to many the, the average on online conversion rate is just one to two percent so it gives you an idea of, of what kind of numbers that you need i think we've covered it pretty much already but mm. pick a platform so first of all it's, it's that question of where are your ideal people hanging out and pick a platform pick one thing that you're going to do so it could be facebook it could be instagram it could be linkedin and just show up there like every day. In fact, I grew my, now I'm quite an experienced content creator, an audience builder. I've grown my Instagram from six and a half thousand to almost 15,000 since uh, it was like October, November time last year, which is incredible growth. But let me just share with you, I have posted up to four times a day on my account. I've done a weekly IGTV. I've done daily stories. And this is not easy, even if you've been doing it for a while. But what will win every time is high quality content. I spent, before I started building my Instagram audience, I just spent ages just looking at other people's content and just looking at my competitors and saying, okay, well, what are they producing? What kind of content are they producing that's getting loads of engagement? And what can I learn from that? And how could I replicate that? And then just, I spent 30 days figuring out what worked. So trying different things out. That works, that doesn't work, whatever. Um, until I kind of hit upon a formula that would work and then it's just more of what's working so four times a day on Instagram you know that's not you know and I'm quite a busy person um, but that should give you an idea so there are no I know I'd love to say there are quick wins Facebook groups can quite work well if you Mm. get 
if you can get the right audience and you understand the audience that you're trying to build, you can actually build quite a quite an engaged audience quite quickly in a Facebook group. But you've got to get the audience right and you've got to know who you want. And the other thing people often forget is that when you first start building an audience or you're early on, there's this whole thing about well, how do you get people to comment? You know, so it's all, you know the, the way the algorithm works is that the more people like, comment, and share in your content, the more pe- the more people will see it because Instagram, Facebook, whatever platform it is, will say, oh. This content's getting a lot of attention, so we're going to show it to more people. But you've got this chicken and egg situation. Now, I still, to this day, even though I've got a really good following, a really good engagement, if I see a post that isn't getting very much engagement, I will go and get members of my team to comment on it just to nudge the algorithm or to do something that will nudge the algorithm. And I think people have this idea that you can just show up online and you you can just post something and people just magically come (laughs) it doesn't work like that and the the analogy i often give is it's like if you were putting on an event it was your first event and you had 100 seats to sell and you got a week away from the event and you'd only managed to sell eight seats so what would you do you wouldn't you wouldn't go and take an ad out well that probably would be a good good thing to do you'd reach out to people personally and you even if it meant that you had to you know, let some of your friends come for free or some of your family or whatever. You'd, you'd just get bums on those seats and you just do whatever you could. So I always say you have to be quite scrappy and, you know, you have to actually, the other thing that comes up a lot is when you're first starting out, get your friend to comment, get your mum to comment, get your, you know, ideally if you can find people who are your ideal audience, brilliant, then get them to comment. But sometimes you actually have to go out and ask for the engagement. So you say to your friend, do me a favour and go and comment on my post and I'll go and comment on yours. Or some people set up pods now, a lot of people will say, oh, but that's not a good idea because then you grow the wrong kind of audience. Well, beggars can't be choosers, can they? You know, like you've got no, you've got no engagement um, and what are you going to do about it? As long as you're aware that if you are getting your mum and your auntie and your cousin to, to comment to start off with, just to make it look busy and engaged and to kick the algorithm, as long as you're aware that ultimately you do need to be building an audience that's the right fit for you but I see a lot of people who've got no audience and they get really snobby about this and they're like oh no I couldn't possibly do that well what else are you going to do and you know the scenario you've got when you're you've got a small audience or no audience is is it's a bit like being you know when a teacher asks a question in a classroom and no one wants to be the first to put their hand up that's what your content's like so actually you have to be quite hands-on to start off with and sometimes you have to go and say to people please go and comment on that or please go and share on that and if you do that for me I'll do that for you and I don't think people realize how much of that goes on I'm an established content creator and I still if I've got a post that's just not taken off in the way that I think it will I will go and ask my team to comment on it and you see the results straight away Um, you can see that immediately that kicks the algorithm so I think it's being prepared to be quite scrappy, uh, quite hands-on. Social media is not yeah. this magic thing. And also, my last point, I'm getting all on my high horse now, <laughs> but would be um, where people go wrong with content about their business is that they imagine it has to be businessy. And if you just think about like your last three posts on Facebook that have got lots of comments from your friends, because ultimately you know, social media is social media. It's friends and family. It's about chatting and having conversations. So if I think about my recent posts on Facebook, one of them was about how, as a runner, I was fed up with having to run in the middle of the road because people wouldn't get off the pavement. Loads of comments on that. One of them was about, today I'm supposed to have flown to Dublin today with my daughter to um, do an Irish dance, World Irish Dance Championships, and we're not here. So I just posted a picture and just said, how do you, you know, what are you, what are you disappointed about missing out on? And there was that post I did recently, which you commented on, which was about how I was finding it hard in lockdown because I hadn't realised I was such a social per- person. All of those very personal posts got, I use my personal Facebook as a sort of training ground. So I will post something and what gets engagement there. I'm trying to replicate that on my business. I'm not trying to be all corporate and stuffy or whatever. I'm trying to think, what is it about that post about running that got people? So that's another tip as well. When you're thinking of content, you're trying to build an audience. The corporate guff has to go and all this, you know, you have to be a real person and if you can think more with your content strategy about well, what gets engagement when I post on my personal Facebook wall, yeah. on my personal stuff, and try and replicate or bring that into your business stuff, you, your audience will grow, grow a lot quicker because people will genuinely be interested in what you're saying. But, you know, if you're just going to post about your business, corporate graph, people are just going to scroll on by. Anyway, I'm off my high horse no, now. I hope that answered your question. It, <laughs> it certainly does. It's interesting what you were saying about uh, getting people 
in your team or just friends and family to actually comment on on your posts. And thank you for being honest, because I think actually a lot of people do that and they may, they may be feeling a little bit sheepish about admitting it. But do you know what? This has been going on for centuries. You know, you go back to like restaurants have been doing this. They've been getting people to to sit on the, you know, almost like sometimes they'll pay people to sit at the front of the restaurant, you know, but, you know, to make it look more full. Because of course, if you walk down the street and you see two restaurants, they look identical. One's really busy. One's not at all. There's hardly anyone in it. Which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose the busier one because mm -hmm. there must be something wrong with the other one. And also theatres and, and opera, opera um, theatres, opera, what's it called? Opera, Houses. Opera houses. Opera houses. That's the one. <laughs> um, they, you know, they've been paying people to get bums on seats and even doing encore, a bravo at the end, you know, because just to, to get more of a, just to get more people involved. And that really makes a big difference. So don't be shy about doing that. Obviously, over time, uh, you want to make sure that you are growing your audience the right way. But at the beginning, and certainly if you're, if you're having a, Certainly, I've, I've found that with, if I've had a live show that for some reason just hasn't got off the ground in terms of the numbers. And sometimes that can depend on the time of day that you're doing it. There might be something else happening in the world, that kind of thing. So, well, thank you so much, Janet. I just also wanted to mention, if you're wanting to embrace live and to start live video, or maybe you've done a bit of live video, I'm going to be launching uh, my Confident Live Marketing Academy in two or three weeks' time. I've, I've yet to have the exact date. And I know that's probably bad, Janet, that I haven't got the exact date. I should have planned that months ago, but it's it's going to be in the next two or three weeks. If you just go to iag.me forward slash academy, uh, you can register, you can uh, basically register for me to tell you some more information, uh, register your interest, uh, which would be cool. So uh, I know that, Janet, you've got some resources that can help help on my, um, help us as well. What, uh, what have you got for us? So I've got a link which I gave to you earlier, which I hope you still got, but if not, I'll try and dig it out. Um, which sends you to my there we go, fantastic. Send you to my messenger, my very clever messenger bot on my Facebook page. Um, and it will deliver you. I've got a couple of really relevant podcast episodes. I've got one about taking your business um offline to online, and then I've got one um which is about what kind of content should we be creating now. So what we've been talking about, you know, when you feel a bit awkward, when you're worried about being insensitive. Um so they're really two quite useful podcast episodes that I've got coming out. If you follow that link my clever messenger bot will deliver those podcast episodes to you because it's so clever and it will deliver them to you and you'll be able to have a listen and just let me know what you think. You're very excited about this bot. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. So obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, I'll give you the link. It is janetm.uk forward slash IAG. That's janetm.uk forward slash IAG. And of course, this will be in the show notes at, um, what is it? It'll be at iag.me forward slash 52. And of course, you've got a podcast as well. What what is you want to tell everyone your podcast? And, and you you were mentioning that your latest episode, which comes out on Friday, so this will actually come out before this podcast episode comes out. Um, but anyway, if you, people go to JanetMurray.co.uk, is that the best place to go? Yes. So if you go to my website, JanetMurray.co.uk, it's called the Janet Murray Show. And I don't know if I mentioned, but yeah, this Friday is my 400th episode. I, I, don't, I don't think um, you did. And if you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking for any aspect, you know, building your online audience, um, social media engagement, what kind of content should I create? Um, I do interviews with people on quite specific platforms. So what should you be doing on Instagram, LinkedIn? I've done interviews with Ian on live video. Uh, so anything to do with building your audience, creating content, getting more engagement. Um, it's the show to listen to. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm a big fan of the show and uh, definitely check that out. Well, thanks, Janet. It's been great to have you back on the show. This is definitely a, a subject that is really important right now. And I know that it's going to be really helpful to people listening and watching. So thank you so much. But it is time to end it there. Um, I'm going to go out on a nice walk while it's still sunny. You got anything planned for the rest of the day? I'm going to go for a walk as well. I was yeah. going to go for a run, but I'm also doing an exercise class tonight. So yeah. I, I think I might just have you, a run you don't want to, yeah, before that. You don't want to push yourself too much. But uh, well, thanks, Janet. Well, until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits using the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo.